from the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that defun or impoverish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. I want to begin by just talking about a tragedy that's occurred right here in the state of North Carolina. Yesterday evening, I was having a conversation with Pete Callender. For those of you not familiar in the upstate, Pete Callender hosts a show right here on News Talk 1110 WBT. We did a Facebook Live yesterday evening. And one of the things that I try to remind myself about is there's a lot of things that we're watching in the news, and, and we can feel a sense of powerlessness. And at the same time, I think with the element of social media thrown in there, we are kind of at a place where we are either spectators or we're also put in a position of judging and condemning and examining the world around us. You know, of course, we all make judgments about what's happening. Increasingly, what I like to do is to take what happens, the things that are going on around me, and really do some self-examination. Self-examination individually and beyond with the idea of how can I redeem this situation somehow? Is there something in this for me to learn? Is there something collectively as a people that we can learn and are there things we can grasp here that can somehow redeem what's happened and by that I mean maybe we can prevent another tragedy maybe our eyes will be open to something that we're not watching that maybe we should be watching I know this is the case with people how many times have we seen these school shooters and mass shooters and they'll interview people. Oh, I knew something was wrong with this person. You heard that over and over again? In some cases, people have tried to do something. I think in many cases, I think the assumption is somebody's going to do something and ultimately nobody does anything. Except give an interview when the person blows up and does something that is absolutely outrageous by now I'm sure you've heard about what happens yesterday evening in Raleigh very tragic situation five people dead including an off-duty police officer Two people taken to the hospital, one of whom was a Raleigh canine officer with non-life-threatening injuries, later released. The governor referring to what happened by saying, Tonight, terror has reached our doorstep. The nightmare of every community 
has come to Raleigh. This is a senseless, horrific, and infuriating act of violence that has been committed. No kidding. We do know the suspect was taken into custody yesterday evening. A white male juvenile. And we've since learned he's 15 years old. The shooting started around 5 o'clock in the evening. This went on for hours as authorities worked to apprehend this suspect. We had a number of law enforcement agencies involved in this, including the Charlotte Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. They got involved in this thing. And one of the things communicated by one of the residents in Raleigh is something we've heard over and over again. We have to end this mindless gun violence that's happening in our country. The truth of the matter is... Do we really know? Do we really know what's at the heart of these circumstances? And how to end these? The Gun Violence Archive reports allegedly 531 mass shootings, including Thursdays in Raleigh, defining a mass shooting as one in which at least four people are shot, excluding the shooter. We understand that the Raleigh suspect, this 15-year-old, did suffer life-threatening injuries. At this point, we're not sure whether those injuries came about as a result of the confrontation with police or whether the injuries might have been self-inflicted. One of the mysteries that hopefully will be resolved once we hear from police. Uh, By the way, I want to give um, Chris and Bernie a heads up just to keep us posted if there are any new developments on this story from the standpoint of news conferences. If there's new information on this, we hope to bring this to you live this morning. We understand there was an effort to uh, have a news conference this morning. And if and when that does happen during the course of this broadcast, we will try to bring that to you so you can learn more about this um, because we we want answers. Many of us want answers here. One of the people interviewed, the mayor of Raleigh, Mary Ann Baldwin, saying we have to do more to stop this mindless violence in America, addressing gun violence. We have much to do. And we have much to mourn. That is for sure. One of the things, and I've said before, one of the issues that has to be understood, you're not going to change human nature. No amount of legislation, no plans, no good intentions are going to stop crime. There will always be crime. 
I think there are things that we can do, especially with our young people, perhaps to reach them before a circumstance arises like this. Because I think many of these people are crying out for help. The question is, is anybody listening? Anyone listening? So many parents are so busy, caught up in careers, worshiping the almighty dollar, materialism, and children, frankly, become an afterthought. At the end of the day, every human being is responsible for their own actions. So this is not something where we blame society in general. But at the same time, we do have to ask, in the corners where we live, what are we responsible for? Who are we responsible for beyond ourselves, especially as parents? We'll continue this conversation right here on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Around the text line, we begin here. This texter says, I bet you lunch this guy was on a watch list or had been on the police radar for violent statements or past actions. Where in God's green earth are the parents? Clearly not raising the child. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Liberalism is the devil's playground. We need to reestablish mental health facilities to keep these unstable people off the streets. Another person saying, I bet the guy was immersed in online games where mass killing and mayhem wins the stupid games. The truth is, we need to take care of our kids' mind, body, and soul. Our, as parents, we need to be involved with our kids and be the biggest influence in their lives other than God himself. The governor talks about prayer and God, but fights to keep God away from our kids in school. Vince, it's the breakdown of the family. No legislation can help that. There's another person says, I have a suggestion if the shooter's a minor, start charging the parents for allowing the shooter access to the gun. Another person says sarcastically, well, you know, it's the gun's fault. Not media and society refusing to admit the problem is a lack of God, personal and moral responsibility, downfall of families, and small risk of punishment. From what I heard initially, this started out as a domestic violence call. I thought only a SWAT team would respond to those calls. Either an ambush or irrational people involved. I am a divorced dad, not by choice. And my kids primarily stay with their mother. Every day I'm in communication with them in some way by text, phone call, etc. I never miss an event they have and volunteer with their school teams to be as involved with them as possible. They know I care. And they know I'm there for them. It stinks being divorced, but allows me to be intentional in my commitment to my sons. Let me just salute you. Salute you. For your dedication. And your heart. Continue to love the hell out of those kids. Just do it. And it's unfortunate that... You know, because I, I believe it is... 
Ha, ah, very important for dads to be in the home. I believe that's very, very important. And I, I let me just say it, because it, it doesn't hurt to say it. I am sick and tired, because I'm watching this. I'm sick and tired of watching the destruction of homes, many of them so-called Christian homes. where people simply refuse to be in right relationship with the spouse. And ultimately, where people are putting their own personal choices, their own personal ambitions ahead of their spouse and the children. Selfishness is what it is. You know, I, I get really annoyed when I see, you know, a lot of these celebrity divorces, you know, you see these excuses, irreconcilable differences. No, why don't we just translate it? One or both people are just too freaking selfish to put the other before self. And it's especially egregious when children are involved. And it shows how callous so many people are. They don't care. This man, I don't know him. Communicating here, the fact he's divorced, not by choice. Clearly, somebody made a choice to put selfish ambition and whatever ahead of not only a spouse, but children. The question is, what's in their best interest? And again, I don't know all the circumstances here, but I can tell you, I've watched in the last few years, I've seen a bunch of just flimsy divorces over nonsense, over a bunch of crappy, psychobabble BS. We had um, Diane Medved on this show several years ago. She wrote a book called Don't Divorce, great book. And as I understand it, she, if I believe I'm correct, she and her husband, I believe, are Jewish. And I've got to tell you, this book has more wisdom in it than most of the Christian psychobabble crap that I've seen and heard. I'm just being honest with you. I think it's another, <laughs> I'm getting on my soapbox here. Because I want you to understand the consequences of this. Ultimately, it's not about you. And there's so many people, and they make this all about themselves and their own comfort and their own so-called peace or whatever it is. A marriage is about laying down your life for the other person. And that's ultimately what one needs to say at the end of a marriage, if there is a dissolution, is to say, you know what, I just don't want to do it. I'm a selfish person. Just admit that. Don't look for any other excuse. I'm just selfish. And too many times, our children pay the price for this. Just saying. Because I've observed this so much in recent years. Vince, the answer is no God, no parenting, no asylums for the mentally ill. Those people now get meds and get sent home. It's Russ out of Moonville. 
This person saying here it's illegal for a 15-year-old to have a rifle in their possession. Uh, yes. Stop judging the shooter until we know if he needed a gender reassignment surgery or not. Might be totally understandable. Oh, boy. Now we get to hear he was bullied or a loner, blaming everyone else but him for doing this. No, we don't need to do that either. Let me guess, no father. Our culture of temptress born babies for extra income. E. Good morning, Vince. Regarding sad news in Raleigh, I always go back saying, where are the parents? With lots of kids watching TV or being taught in school. You know where I'm going with this. You've seen these Xbox games. Lots of kids are playing these days. Again, where are the parents? Depression on the rise. Yes, it all comes together. Families there no more. Very sad, Vince. I have to pray every day to better our new generation. That is from Gigi. Our texture, divorced dad, said thank you for the salute. It means a lot. I hope so. I try not to believe this next text, but I get the sentiment. The truth is that people suck. There are a lot of people do. It's really that that simple, unfortunately. Not every, not every adult should be a parent, so remember to spay and neuter your kids. <laughs> Gosh, that's kind of crazy. So, we'll continue to follow developments out of Raleigh and hopefully get some answers. In the meantime, can we keep our eyes and ears open? And most importantly, keep our hearts open to those around us, especially our children. Very, very important. Stay with us. Back on the text line that is literally scrolling away here. By the way, if you'd like to join the conversation, you are welcome to, always, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-938-1110, 800-938-1110, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. Some additional texts. Let's start here. <laughs> This person says here, I was addicted to the game Call of Duty, so I can see how these kids would want to act out such crazy fantasies. We also have this kind of a cynical perspective. What if an abortion years ago would have prevented the shooting? Got to remember this. Abortion isn't always a bad thing in some cases. Hmm. The same type of incident will continue to happen because everyone yells Second Amendment freedom to bear arms, but there should be some specifics on who gets those rights as far as background checks through criminal 
and mental issues. Not every adult should be a parent. Yes, that is true. Vince Men would say they would give their life for their child or their spouse. If they would risk it all and give their life, why would they not give their life to devotion? It's a very good question. Vince, it's me again. Christian Holmes, only on Sunday, Vince, only for a couple of hours. Going back to their houses, they go back to their miserable, bitter life and not trying to be a parent. Selfish. Gigi. Wow. That's brutal. But you've hit it on the head. You've really hit it on the head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Religion's not the answer. Probably the problem. Trump showed us how evil these people are. Oh, really? <laughs> my goodness. Uh, what do we do, folks? Tying in with parenting. As you know, we have big government, which is attempting to compete with parenthood. Because these folks know better than you how to raise your kids. I'm so glad that the Virginia legislature, if I remember correctly, is controlled by Republicans. And this legislation probably doesn't have a chance. Not right now. But it may at some point. A Virginia state lawmaker wants to make it a crime for parents not to affirm their LGBT child. She's going to introduce a bill in the legislature's next session that would make it a crime for a parent or guardian not to affirm their child's sexual orientation or gender identity. Criminalize. That's where she's going with this. This is in response to Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's updated model policies on transgender students, which requires students to use bathrooms and join sports teams based on their sex at birth, as opposed to their gender identity. This woman's name is Elizabeth Guzman. She says she's going to introduce a bill that will expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents and guardians who do not affirm their LGBT children. I don't know if I can come up with words for a woman like this. I really don't. She wants to criminalize this. The day Governor Youngkin wanted to implement this policy, I immediately texted the policy lead of that committee and said, this is how we're going to push back. It could be a felony. It could be a misdemeanor. But we know the CPS charge could harm your employment, could harm their education, because nowadays... Many people do a CPS database search before offering employment. Guzman did not respond to questions from Fox News Digital about the details for legislation. In her interview with WJLA, Guzman did not explain what she meant by affirming LGBT children. See, this is so dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. This is just open-ended. What does it mean to affirm? Youngkin's embrace of parental rights is largely what helped propel him to an upset victory over former Democratic Governor Terry McAuliffe last year. 
The Virginia Department of Education's new model policies announced last month argued the guidelines under the previous administration disregarded the rights of parents and ignored other legal and constitutional principles that significantly impact how schools educate students, including transgender students. Youngkin said last month, this is about restoring power to parents. And let's be clear, children do not belong to the state. They belong to families. And when a child is wrestling with this kind of decision, a parent should absolutely be the primary counselor, advisor, and helper in wrestling with this decision. And I say a resounding amen to that. I know there are going to be some disagreements about direction. But at the end of the day, this is a point where the boundary of government and family needs to be very clear. Very clear. This is crazy. But I want you to see and understand agendas and causes are more important than your children. I want you to understand that. Agendas and causes will always be more important than your children to these politicians. This is how they operate. So you'll see all kinds of people sacrificed on the altars of someone's best intentions. And I'm giving them credit for having good intentions. Because I think, at the very core, some of these people are just pure evil. There is no redemptive desire whatsoever coming out of some of these folks. It's pure evil. Control, manipulation, political expediency, all of those things. Still to come in the broadcast, we will leap from the very personal, dealing with these family issues, to the global Concern about the possibility of World War III. We've got several stories about the potential of that happening. And we'll delve into that much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. We also have Faith Focus Friday. And we're going to address the issue of Christian magic. <laughs> we'll address that much more as we continue. Stay with us. Back of the Vince Coakley radio program. I told you we're going to talk about the concern about World War III, which most would agree the greatest concern would be some sort of nuclear conflict. We've got several stories that we'll cover on this particular subject. Probably won't have time to uh, go into this completely and cover all of this ground in this hour, so it will carry over beyond Faith Focus Friday. But because I'm a generous guy, I will um, bring aboard a caller who has a question totally unrelated. And I believe this is Brandon, is that correct? Uh, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. 
just wanted to get your um, thoughts, and maybe you can educate me on your thoughts on gentrification and the county of Mecklenburg using taxpayer money to buy property that was so-called going to be gentrified up here in Huntersville. In the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's the Pottstown area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I guess the developer was going to develop some land, and the town of Huntersville was going to okay it, but the um, community there and the NAACP raised a fuss that it was historically black, and they didn't want the development, and. So Mecklenburg County buys it for $1.7 million, and I just want to get your thoughts on gentrification as a whole, and how do you feel about county using taxpayer money to stop development? Well, before I give you my answer, I'm curious, by the fact you've called, you obviously have a position, a concern about it. What is your position? Uh, I mean, I think... Uh, I'm all for free market capitalism. So I honestly believe the idea of gentrification is a leftist ideology to suppress the black community. Um, I don't understand how values of things going up is a negative thing. And the only thing about displacement and that sort of thing is when the tax value goes up well that's another government uh problem well just don't raise the taxes on you know that area or i mean i just it's just i don't i don't understand that's why i'm calling to try to get some for you to educate me on on this well here's one of the aspects of this and i am i uh, i've given some thought to this and i mean i i don't have any uh I think it's safe to say I don't have any firm conclusion about how to address this because I think one of the issues you immediately run into in many of these neighborhoods is the issue of affordable housing because you get to a place where, I mean, let me just give an example of what's happening in Charlotte. Do you live in Huntersville, by the way? I have. I live in Huntersville and I live in, I mean, I have multiple residents. But okay. I live in Charlotte and Huntersville. Uh, part of the reason I asked this question is a part of what's happened here in Charlotte, for instance, neighborhoods where normally people with lower incomes would be able to afford homes, increasingly um, these homes are not affordable. These properties are being bought up. And I've been in some of these neighborhoods, and I've seen these just crazy, ridiculous homes. And I'm not saying that as a complaint, but I'm saying in contrast to what was there before, there are incredible mansions being built in some of these neighborhoods and the people on the lower end of the spectrum they're being priced out of the market and i think this is happening across the board now i'm a big believer in free market capitalism and i to be honest with you i don't have a an easy answer to this i really don't because you immediately do have, at some point, an affordable housing issue because if you, okay, uh, well then, how do you, how, go ahead. Shouldn't, okay, if that's great, but, okay, so, if the county's buying this, stopping this developer in Pottstown in Huntersville right. by buying, which the developers 
making a cool million off the deal anyway. So <laughs> right. Making a cool million and not having to do the development and the work and all that. I mean, he had a, a the first rider refusal to buy it for 700000 sells it to the county for one point seven. you know, give or take some money. He made several hundreds of thousands of dollars. But <laughs> if that's the case, shouldn't the um, – county if you're going to spend one point what what will then develop some affordable housing there not um and they, maybe they that's going to use it for a nature preserve and and is a that, park is well, that the plan that help anybody is that the plan yeah oh my goodness see i <laughs> my that's gosh. what from, from my research that's what i found i'm i'm trying to get in touch with county commissioners and that sort of stuff to figure out like I'm all for affordable housing. Uh, Charlotte needs more of it. Huntersville needs it. Okay, great. Right. If you're going to spend money on that, for that, don't turn it into a nature preserve and in oh uh, a park. See, that's another that's another story altogether. Do me a favor. I want you to hold on the line because I'd like to get some information from you so that we can follow up on this. Uh, this is very intriguing, and it's part of a, a grand conversation that's going on really all over the country. And and I think it's. Uh, we have to have this conversation and come to some healthy conclusions. Uh, I have to tell you, my immediate thought is a great deal of suspicion about government intervention, even local government. So uh, anyway, Brandon, hope to get your thoughts and find out more about what's going on. And Coming up straight ahead, we have Faith Focus Friday. You will enjoy this one. We're going to talk about the idea of Christian magic. <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. <laughs> I'm reading a text message from a friend who just got back from Vegas. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I should have saved that one until after the show. Here we are, folks. Hour number two as we lead into Faith Focus Friday. It's kind of interesting, some of the responses to what I shared about the conversation we had at the end of the hour about what's happening with the county apparently looking to purchase some property with a concern of gentrification up in the Huntersville area. We're going to inquire a little more into that situation. This texture says the trouble with affordable housing communities, they are government subsidized and have high crime rates. Do you think there are affordable housing communities on Martha's Vineyard? Hell no. <laughs> if you live outside of your means, there is no affordable housing. We're talking about four poor people getting house in Myers Park. Not going to happen. I can understand that. Vince, I'm not concerned about World War III. Just more BS from the mainstream media to distract from U.S. domestic issues. So do you, you don't believe there's any legitimate concern about the possibility of nuclear conflict? I happen to believe that... This better be taken seriously. Just saying. How about Faith Focus Friday? I want to start local 
as in the upstate of South Carolina. And this is a story of redemption. It's kind of cool when this kind of thing happens. And if the people who are involved in this in any way, anybody who's involved in this, happens to be listening to this program, I am putting a challenge to you now. I want to see something profoundly redemptive come about as a result of your presence. What am I talking about? 1063 WRD reporting about an upstate building that once was a controversial site for adult entertainment is now being converted into a house of worship. Former location of Platinum Plus and Bucks Racks and Ribs set to reopen, but this time as a church. Hope Church, non-denominational church based in Spartanburg in the process of buying the property. Expected to close on the deal next month. The building is highly visible on the frontage road along 385. I've had a history of legal issues and entanglements at that property when this was operated as a gentleman's club. I always get a kick out of that. Gentleman's club. Come on, folks. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't go to those places. <laughs> those past problems include uh, this is a hotbed of trouble. Multiple homicide investigations, serving alcohol for minors, dancers charged with prostitution. All right, folks, those of you with Hope Church, Rich Butler, the pastor there, hoping to turn the page and create a redemptive story in the building's new chapter. I'm just going to challenge you, if anybody happens to be involved in that, fewer than the sound of my voice right now, to do something extraordinary in the upstate. Do something extraordinary and different and offer something different than what else has been there. I'm just putting it that way. You can find plenty of churches out there. What are you going to bring that's different to the upstate? Just curious. And I'm hoping that there will be something extraordinary that emerges on this site. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Correction, Vince. Yes, gentlemen, do. You should try it sometime. Is this a pay, is this a uh, an employee? Something I need to know about? I'm I'm just asking. <laughs> this person says that's one way to fill the offering plates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'll um, be one effective way to do it. I want to talk about Christian magic, and I know I'm sure this raised eyebrows as soon as I said this last hour. <laughs> I stole this from my good friend Steve Crosby because we, we've we both experienced the same kinds of things. He certainly has much more than I have in his many years working as a pastor. And the general idea is the expectation of a lot of Christians for a zap, some sort of zap to take place to solve all of our problems. 
And he put a little dialogue in this Facebook post that I want to share with you. Steve says, come into my world for a moment. So a Christian often comes to me in a horrible, painful life crisis looking for help. Here's how the conversation often goes. Steve says, this is just awful. I'm so sorry for your pain. With God's help, let's talk about relief and a different future than this moment. The person responds by saying, yes, I need God to intervene. So next... Steve says, tell me, what beliefs, habits, practices, and relationships might you be willing to change that may have contributed to you getting to this point in the first place? Ooh. The other person, silence. What do you mean? And if that's not enough, Steve, ask a follow-up question. How long? How hard and how consistently are you willing to work to get out of the situation you were in today and build toward a better future? You can get to this place overnight, and you won't be getting out of it overnight either. Grace is empowerment, not magic. The response from the other person, silence. Steve. Silence. The person responds by saying, You don't care about my pain. (laughs) Steve responds, I care very much. So much so, I'm willing to invest in you to see it stop. The other person, goodbye. Steve finishes this post. By saying, folks, I run into this all the time with so-called Christians, especially charismatics. They want magic, not discipled transformation. They often decline into a crisis of faith where they lose their faith or give up on God or God doesn't care or God has no power and other variations. I tried Christianity. It doesn't work, etc. The problem is whatever faith they had in the beginning was very deformed, if genuine at all. Steve ends by saying, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Are you willing, if this is you, are you willing to put this, whatever it is, to death? There is no magic, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. I tell you what, some of you have a great sense of humor, and some of you are very insightful in response to what I shared for Faith Focus Friday. Vince, as funny as the comment was, you are so right. Gentlemen don't go to such clubs. I take it a step further. Women don't degrade themselves like that and work at places like that. Actually, not women, ladies. There's a difference. I make a distinction between ladies and gentlemen. Those words have kind of lost their meaning in recent years, haven't they? In response to what I share from Steve Crosby, 
in order for a man to change his ways and have a relationship with Jesus, in order for him to do something he's never done, he has to become someone he's never been. Only at that moment will his life change. Joe, that is very profound. Dean says, so Steve doesn't really solve anything. He just tells you your mess, your solution. Seems like his experiences should be a teaching tool. Well, I think that's what he's trying to do here. The point is he's not throwing the person off to their own resources. He's willing to say, I'm willing to invest with you. I'm willing to be involved in your life. But you've got to do the lifting. I don't mind helping to hold up your arms. But I'm not a person who's a magician. It's going to solve everything waving a magic wand. That's the point. Jeff, what am I going to do with you? Having a little fun with the idea of this church taking over the building that used to be a strip club. (laughs) Dear gentlemen, in this club of hope, we have a rich butler that brings your message. We will strip down the chains of hopelessness. We will be dancers of redemption as we knock down the poles of sin. Jeff, what am I going to do with you? Just wait. Just wait till I meet you, man. I, I <laughs> my goodness, way too funny. Speaking of funny, uh, before we get into the uh, very uh, dark conversation about the possibility of nuclear war, I was intending to save this for later, but I want to make sure I get this in because, oh my gosh. This woman is absolutely cuckoo. She's nuts. Whom I'm talking about, your Speaker of the House. None other than Nancy Pelosi. Before we play some audio for you, I want to share with you some of the headlines related to the craze the Democrat Party is obsessed with. They're absolutely obsessed with getting Donald Trump on this whole January 6th thing. I'm, I'm so sick of it. So now they've subpoenaed the president, the former president, Donald Trump. Who cares? Bannon audio bombshell. I listened to this. Who knows? We may play it next week if I feel like it. Where Bannon's basically talking about how he's urging Donald Trump to declare victory. Even if there is no victory. But just declare it. Supreme Court denies the Don as he was looking for intervention that might help his case. Uh, they're not interested. And frankly, I don't blame them. I don't know a place for the court in this particular issue right now. I just don't see one. As you know, the network that loves January 6th more than any other, the Clinton News Network, on Anderson Cooper 360, they showed some video for the very first time. It was taken on January 6th by Alexandra Pelosi. You know who her mother is. And you're going to hear Donald Trump speaking... And this is in real time. Nancy Pelosi's in the Capitol building. And this is before 
the crowds would converge upon the Capitol, and we have the insurrection. <sighs> Give me a break. Now, I want you to hear the militant response from Nancy Pelosi when she hears that the president may be coming to the White House. Ultimately, there was a decision not to go. But supposedly, if he were to come, she would be ready for him. Are you ready for this? Here is this clip that aired on CNN. This is real-time video. You're hearing the audio portion from January 6, 2021. Listen. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Very dangerous what he's doing. He's getting all these people to show up and protest, stop the steal. He's putting all these crazy ideas in their head. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Now, when he comes here, we're going to the White House. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't... That will be a a sad day for our country. They're marching up. You can see them marching up. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could... Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. This is my mom. I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this. For trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy. (laughs) Can you believe this? Nancy Pelosi talking about Donald Trump. I hope he comes. I want to punch him out. (laughs) She literally says this. We're waiting for this. Trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I want to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. You know, part of me is is kind of thinking, I wish, I kind of wish he went to the Capitol. Can you imagine what this would have looked like? I would have loved to see Nancy Pelosi try to deck Donald Trump. Can she reach that high? I mean, (laughs) this is just so comical. (laughs) Boy, these folks, they don't give up, do they? They just don't give up. And it just, again, shows how nutty this woman is. She's out of her freaking mind. Talking about punching out the President of the United States? This is what's called mental illness. You know, they put people like that in straitjackets. I just thought you ought to know. (laughs) What do you think about this little outburst? From Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> that texture says, what did Nancy say? She sounds drunk. <laughs> now, she supposedly says she doesn't drink. Seriously, that's the claim that she makes. Love to get your reaction to this. Also, we will touch on the subject of nuclear war. Is this a real possibility? Stay with us.
Here on the text line, response to what you heard from Nancy Pelosi. Vince, does no one remember when Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden to not concede no matter what? Yes, I remember that. What did Nancy say? She sounds drunk. Isn't it a federal crime to make threats towards the president? Very, very good question. I wonder if there should be an investigation. Don't bother. So is this why Pelosi didn't request the National Guard? Who knows? Vodka for breakfast can give you that Pelosi courage. (laughs) Please remember, Vince, without Trump, we would have no one really fighting for us. I see. Another person saying Nancy conveyed a threat. Vince, why did CNN play it? It makes Pelosi look crazier than usual. Yeah, pretty much. Vince, after you played that Trump-Pelosi speech, I have to ask, not counting tomorrow, how long have you been with Odyssey? You played Trump's speech that many Trumpists have denied he said for months. You'll never hear that speech broadcast on Fox. Who cares? (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's really crazy, crazy world we live in, isn't it? And if things go the wrong way, there won't be much of a world left. That is if you listen to the Kremlin. After a NATO official said a Russian nuclear response will lead to the intervention of Ukraine's allies, Russia is once again warned meddling from the West would spark World War III. Guaranteed escalation, they're saying. Eerily warning the world that global carnage would ensue if Western allies of Ukraine continue to meddle in their conflict. They're saying now World War Two would be World World War Three would be sparked if the West continued to intervene and if a nuclear war was to occur, it would be catastrophic for all mankind. Should NATO approve Ukraine's bid to join its organization, a top Kremlin official threatened global destruction. Alexander Venediktov, the deputy secretary of Russia's Security Council, said Kiev is well aware such a step would mean a guaranteed escalation to a World War III. Venediktov, insisting the West are solely making threats of nuclear war, despite his own. Alrighty. Then we have this item. General Sir Richard Shereff. Who is this guy? The former head of NATO. Warning the world needs to be ready for a nuclear war with Russia. Vladimir Putin's army collapses. He's urging the West to keep up the pressure on the tyrant as his invasion of Ukraine loses momentum. He suspects the bloodthirsty nation's army is headed for a total collapse in what could be Russia's biggest military disaster in a hundred years. Sir Richard, who served as Deputy Supreme Allied Commander for Europe for the Alliance, even said Ukrainian forces could have successfully driven back Putin's forces by the end of 2022. But after Putin unleashed a barrage of missiles on Ukraine in retaliation for the bombing of his prized bridge in Crimea, this has stoked fears about the lengths 
Mad Vlad might go to. Sir Richard warning of the danger, including the threat of nuclear weapons. It's not gone away, according to him. He told The Sun Online, we should take this nuclear threat very seriously, but we should not in any way blink. And I'm pretty encouraged by the response of the West. If we are promising massive retaliation in some way or another, you have to prepare for the worst case, and the worst case is being at war with Russia. There will be no peace in Europe, while either Putin, a Putin-like regime, or an ultra-nationalist sits in the Kremlin. He drew a grim comparison between Putin and Adolf Hitler, saying the Russian leader is now in the bunker, as the German dictator was in the dying days of World War II. That is an interesting comparison, and he makes a great point, because Putin has been hanging out in a bunker. We're dealing with crunchy political issues at the moment. Nevertheless, we might not want this war, but this war might want us. We have to prepare for the worst case. This is about insurance. The way to avoid a potential war with Russia is to be ready for it, and we are not ready for it. The former NATO commander believes the West has a fighting chance against Putin's crumbling army that is heading for disaster. I think the scene's being set for a decisive rout of the Russian army in Ukraine. This could be an avalanche, and we're now seeing the cracks in the snow. The Ukrainians are creating more problems than the Russians are capable of solving. It's looking good. Sir Richard has hailed the master class counteroffensive, which has seen Putin's men driven back in the east and the south of Ukraine and added the fight back as maintaining the momentum. And now Ukrainian forces are bearing down on the key city of Kherson as they make massive gains in regions with Putin trying to claim these areas as part of Russia. Now Putin's reportedly massing troops in Belarus, which neighbors Ukraine. And the dictator there, Alexander Lukashenko, is a close ally. In fact, Belarus was the launch pad for the Russian invasion that began the Ukraine war, and it's feared that could be an attempt to rerun the effort to encircle Kiev again. In response, Ukrainian troops moving to reinforce the border, just in case they might even use Belarus to launch nuclear strikes. But he says this is going to be of little use for the cornered Russians. No way out of their desperate predicament. The Russians are like the, Russians are like the boxer trapped in the corner of the ring against a very agile opponent who punches one side and then punches the other. The Ukrainians pushing the Ukrainians back to the February 23rd line the day before the war started. By the end of the year, entirely feasible. It's pretty sobering, isn't it? Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.